0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. Hi, everyone. Welcome to With Wit. I am so pumped to share this episode with you. My guest is Gabby Bernstein, someone that I've looked up to for years. She's a self-help author I've been a massive fan of. For more than 15 years, Gabby has transformed lives, including her own. The number one New York Times bestselling author and Oprah named New Thought Leader has penned eight books, including The Universe Has Your Back and Super Attractor. She started by hosting intimate conversations with 20 people in her New York City apartment. Now, Gabby has grown into speaking to tens of thousands in sold out venues throughout the world. Gabby connects with our community through her books, Miracle Membership, the Spirit Junkie app, social media, podcasts, masterclasses, digital workshops, e-courses, and live events. We talked about anxiety, attachment styles, types of trauma, and more. Hope you love. Here is Gabby. I'm so thrilled to have you on. I've looked up to you and your messaging and everything that you stand for for so long, and you're just like the perfect woman to have on this podcast, because my audience really just responds to how we can help ourselves to be like the most confident, most empowered versions of ourselves. And I feel like that's everything you stand for. So I'm just so thrilled to have you on. Right back at you, mama, such, such, <laughs> a, such a fan and so
0: proud to be here with you. And I'm, Aww. it's very, very special. Thank you.
1: Thank you. So, okay, let's just get into it. I want to first just hear a little bit about your background and how you started in this like self-help writing industry. I was 25
0: when I started my career as a spiritual teacher and self-help book author. From 21 to 25, I was very much in a different mindset. I was Mm -hmm. representing, I had a PR company that represented nightclubs in in Manhattan and was a cocaine addict and uh, very much looking for my happiness outside of myself. Mm -hmm. Struggling, struggling, struggling. And by the grace of God, I was able to get myself sober. 17 years ago, October 2nd, is my 17 year sober anniversary.
1: Wow. So, good for you.
0: Yeah. So I've been sober almost half of my life. Well, I'm 40, I'm 42 now. So sobriety has been obviously a real key through line throughout my life.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: it was also the catalyst for my work and my career path because upon getting sober i also reconnected to my spiritual foundation i was brought up very spiritual my mother taught me to meditate she would bring me to ashrams she would introduce me to the gurus get named by the gurus so i had that foundation and of course when i was using drugs i turned my back on it but upon getting sober i dove in headfirst to my spiritual life and made that my highest priority Mm -hmm. and In that time, the spiritual work became even more deeper personal growth work and developed into even psychological work that I've begun to take on studying and all under the umbrella of self help. Mm -hmm. And here I am now, 42, almost 43 in November. And I look back and I am proud to be. Mm The, the woman that I am today. But what I'm most proud of is not the work necessarily, though I am proud of my work, but I'm proud of the work that I've done on myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And the journey that it takes to undergo undoing s- historical wounds and trauma and come out the other side. Because, you know, we don't become cocaine addicts for no reason, Yeah. No.
1: Right. It's so interesting. I mean, I think that 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 is so important. And it's like so many people base their successes on, you know, what they're doing externally. And I think it's so empowering to hear that, like your success is primarily like just how far you've come. And I think that's so meaningful and powerful. I have a question, though. What does like being spiritual mean to you? Hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful question.
0: Living a spiritual life, to me, means that I have a faith of my own understanding. Mm-hmm. I know, for myself, in my own words, in my own experience, that there is a energy, a presence beyond my physical sight that's supporting me and guiding me and leading me. When there's a problem, I see it as a detour in the right direction, mm-hmm. the obstacles as opportunities. I stay open and resilient and and receptive to a guidance beyond my will, beyond mm-hmm. my force, my my way. Mm-hmm. Living in that way makes things a lot more peaceful, a lot less scary, a lot more faithful. And I know that every human has the ability to tap into a spiritual connection of their own understanding. And that's been my work. That That is my body of work, is to crack people open to the, inner relationship whether they call it a spiritual connection or they call it inner guidance or inspiration or connecting to their higher self whatever the Mm -hmm. language is Mm -hmm. that they believe that there is the possibility of turning inward for answers not necessarily Mm -hmm. having to figure it all out
1: yeah that's so important that we can really trust ourselves and accept ourselves and i know one of the things that you you talk a lot about and help a lot of people with is anxiety and it's interesting because i mean that word obviously gets thrown around like just incessantly. Right. And like, it's one of the things that I, I feel like I get asked about the most is just like when anxiety creeps up, how do I cope? And I think people are always looking for like actionable items, but it's really hard because we're all so different and what calms us down and what may, what allows us to tune into ourselves is so different, but like, what are some, maybe some gentle methods of working through anxiety so that you can develop like those deeper levels of trust and acceptance within yourself? Because we, I know when I experience anxiety, I have trouble trusting myself and getting myself out of it because I don't necessarily always trust my inner voice. So what, what advice would you have for someone feeling similarly to me?
0: That's that's gorgeous language that you're using, like trusting your (laughs) inner self when you're anxious. I just think mm-hmm. It's just beautiful that you acknowledge that. Aww. So I have a whole book filled with, I have many books filled with anxiety relief tools. Mm-hmm. I think the best for me is a heart hold and interesting placing your hand on your heart and then your other hand on your belly. And it could be your right hand or your left hand, depending on what makes the most sense for you, what feels right for you. Okay, And maybe you close your eyes if you're not driving and you just gently breathe into that Diaphragm, and then you exhale. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath in and let it go. I'm doing it with you. Take another deep breath in and let that go. And just keep breathing in and letting go. Mm-hmm. really connecting with that hold that actual physical experience of holding your heart Mm -hmm. is extremely soothing to your nervous system breath is the greatest way to get out of that sympathetic state and get into that parasympathetic state interesting just to really soothe your system
1: Uh uh-huh and you find that the breath really helps calm down like those inner voices in your head. Well, I
0: think when you are trying to calm the inner voices, focusing on your breath is valuable, right? So mm-hmm. it's like giving yourself a single pointed focus because what happens is the storyline took took control. Right. If you're focusing on your breath or you're focusing on a mantra, you know, even just saying like, I am safe. That's the one I like. Mm-hmm. I like to do the heart halt mm-hmm. and just repeat, I am safe, I am safe, I am safe. Yeah, give myself that space to just affirm something but also having a single pointed focus because often we're in this place of obsessing with, with the thought and letting the thought take over right but what if we redirected the thought while breathing
1: and holding our heart it's a very effective thing to do Right. I think that also just allows you to be more present Mm -hmm. and it allows you to say, you know, whatever it is that you're having anxiety about, Uh, at least for me, it's, it's a lot of like forward thinking anxiety, like anticipation anxiety. Mm -hmm. So I find that when I like have the time to calm myself down and whether it's meditate or it's like, name three things I see or name three things I hear or like move three body parts. Those things allow me to be like, okay, I'm here in the present now. And the things that I'm worried about haven't even happened yet. Yep. So why am I trying to control them? And that really like helps me put it into perspective.
0: Yeah. I love that CBT cognitive behavioral therapy work where you're noticing that you're catastrophizing and you can almost ask yourself, like, what's the worst case scenario? Right. Best case scenario. Right. What's the most likely case scenario? I was doing that this morning because I'm having like a, I have a toddler. There's some childcare, you know, shifts around and, Uh okay, Well, what's the worst case scenario? Well, that, that's that. Okay. What's the best case scenario? I know that. What's the most likely case scenario? Okay. I can handle that.
1: Okay. And now a word from our sponsor. Is anyone else obsessed with interior design like me? We all want to create a beautiful home that reflects our style and paint is really one of the easiest and least expensive ways to transform your home and make it feel more like you. Claire is a new online paint brand that makes paint shopping simple. Claire takes the hassle out of paint shopping with a streamlined selection of designer curated colors, mess-free peel and stick paint swatches, and premium paint paint, and supplies delivered straight to your door. If you need help choosing a color, you can try Claire Color Genius, a fun two-minute quiz that's like having an interior designer help you choose a paint color. You answer a few easy questions about your space and your style, and Claire delivers a personalized paint color recommendation just for you. What's also great about Claire is that the brand offers better paint formulations that are zero VOC, GreenGuard Gold certified for better indoor air quality and meets the most stringent chemical emission standards. Claire is also formulated without any toxic air contaminants, TACs, hazardous air pollutants, HAPS, HAPS, or EPA chemicals of concern. So it's paint you can feel good about using in your home. Visit Claire at www.Claire.com slash with wit to get started. That's W www.clare.com/slash-with-wit and receive 10% off your order. One more time, that's www.clare.com slash with wit for 10% off. All right, back to the conversation. Tell me about your latest book, Happy Days, and and where the inspiration for this came from. This is a book that I knew I had to write
0: in 2016, but I was Mm -hmm. definitely not ready to write it. Right. So as I mentioned, I was sober. I've been sober 17 years. I was always like, "Why am I? Why was I a cocaine addict? Why was I a love addict? Why did I struggle with work addiction?" Uh I'm always wondering, you know, what have I been running from? Uh And then when I turned 36, I started having a lot of meltdowns, like. Interesting
1: breakdowns, like breaking down. So did I. That's so weird that that was that age for you. Mm-hmm. Because I had, I've had. I'm 37 now, and last year was one of the hardest years. I mean, granted, it was coming out of an insane yeah. time, COVID, but like, COVID wasn't even. And I hate to say this, but it like wasn't even that hard for me. Like the, mm-hmm. the like quarantine of it all, the staying home. Like I'm a homebody. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of you know socially whatever internal. And so it was like, it wasn't even COVID. It was just like this, this 36. I don't know. It's like a powerful year. It was a bad year and I'm just like coming out of it.
0: Yeah. For me, I was actually like cracking into a memory. Interesting. And so what, yeah. What memory? So pretty much I kept literally like breaking down, breaking down. I was like, I can't go on like this. I can't go on like this. Yeah. I was trying to control every area of my life. And it was also around the time that I had been married for a year and uh-huh. my husband was leaving his job in private equity to run our business. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like a lot of my controlling mechanisms were being taken. We were talking about family planning. It's so all yeah. sort of like crumbling around me. Okay. My ways of controlling things. And mm-hmm. then I had a dream. And in the dream, I had a very, very visceral memory of of abuse that had been dissociated from my childhood. Mm. And it was literally like I mean, when you have trauma that's extreme as a child, you can dissociate. You can check out, never see it again until it comes back out. right. And so there it was. And upon remembering that trauma, I was terrified, you know, thrown back into my own childhood feelings and body, like it was a very the most terrifying experience of my entire life. Uh uh But it was also the catalyst that for my for my greatest awakening and my greatest healing. And so in the time that I so from 2016 to 2020, I went on a really deep dive journey of trauma recovery spiritual but also therapeutic and really Uh diving into all of the different types of therapies that could really support me as a spiritual student as someone that was really willing to do the work Uh and i knew i wanted to write a book about trauma because i knew that this is such a epidemic for humankind but i couldn't do it until i had come out the other side right and if you look at the cover of the book it's like it's my face and it's my name and it says happy days the guided path from trauma to profound freedom and inner mm-hmm. peace. Mm-hmm. There's just no way I could put my face on that cover if I hadn't come through it. Right. So there I was, 2020, and I started writing the book. And I wrote the book in 2020 and then released it in 21. No, 22. Okay. I released it in 22. Uh-huh. And it's been my greatest work. It's my, it's my greatest contribution to the world.
1: Wow. Wow. Well, I know in the book, you talk about trauma with a small T and trauma with a big T. And I feel like I can try to guess the differences between, but maybe you could just do obviously more poignant job of explaining the two and differentiating the two and then and then talking about steps for recovering from both kinds, like what that, that journey was for you, that five years, what that looked like for you to recover.
0: And it's still going, you know, it's still, yeah, of course. I
1: feel like all these things are uh, ongoing for the rest of our lives. I'm, I'm assuming the big T trauma is something that you work on for the rest of your life, but maybe the small T is something that it doesn't, take over your yeah your that's soul a nice way much. to put it yeah i think yeah a
0: small t trauma can be resolved much much easier much more easily because uh-huh. it may not be as embedded in our nervous system or it may not be as right hidden, or it may not be so so shameful and right the more shame the harder it is to heal so uh-huh. big t trauma is being abused as a child being neglected right. having an alcoholic parent living uh-huh. through a catastrophic event any kind of abuse in any form you know what we're talking about. A small T trauma is being bullied, which is Mm -hmm. not a big T trauma in my opinion, but it's kind of late, Right. small T trauma. A small T trauma could be being told you were stupid or Uh being bullied on the playground or just feeling inadequate or not being seen by a parent, even though they may have been a loving person, they just were ignoring you, Right. all of the above. And so either form of trauma is gonna affect you, but like you said, a small T trauma can be a lot easier to resolve at times, uh-huh, uh-huh. or a lot less difficult. And
1: but even still, small T traumas just change the way people live. So yeah, I mean, I feel like I have big T trauma, which is my dad dying when I was younger. Yep. Which I I can I know that I will be. <laughs> dealing with that grief for the rest of my life. But I there's a small T drama that I think about a lot but I've never really tried to uncover it or like work through it and it's that it's that my mom whenever it was like her birthday or a holiday she would kind of like ab- abandon us. I'm one of five kids. Like it wouldn't go the way that she wanted. And so she, she would leave. And we always, it was always like this anxiety leading up to these days. And we would try to do everything that we could to prepare for them, but it was never like good enough.
0: And her
1: birthday or your birthdays for her. It's not for mine, her birthdays, mother's day, any sort of also holiday where her like her parents and her sister were going to be there. It was like definitely something having to do, I think, with some trauma that she dealt with when she was younger. But I can't really quite figure out now that I'm a mom how you just kind of like are that hard on your family. First of all, how has that affected me? Like, cause I I know that it has affected me, but I can't really figure out in what ways maybe that has to do with my anticipation anxiety and why I always get anxiety before like leaving for trips or before a big event or Mm -hmm. stuff like that or photo shoots. Like I get these small anxieties over these little, you know, Mm -hmm. happenings, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm just wondering like, what are some steps to recover from both kinds Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Well,
0: first of all, that is like a breach of attachment in a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's very traumatic. Yeah. When we feel like we're not adequate or good enough, right? We can't make it right because our attachment figures, our parents, and particularly in this case, your mom was your main attachment figure. Right. When they are disconnected or shut down, it just sends a message to the child that I'm wrong. Right. I'm bad. I'm not good. Right. I'm inadequate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that makes a lot of sense that that would be anticipatory anxiety. Now, there's work that I do, which is called internal family systems therapy, which, I'm, which I've been trained to, to, to offer. And it's about recognizing the different parts of who you are and that you have a part of you that gets anxious.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and the work would really like to uncover how that experience with mom affected you. It's about getting to know the parts of you that are dysregulated, or I wouldn't even call them dysregulated, just the parts of you that are, are having a hard time, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So connecting to that part of you that gets anxious before a trip, you know, mm-hmm. what do you know about that part?
1: Hmm. I know that my, that the anxiety is always like, just the anxiety is bad leading up to it. Like I, I, it's, it's, I mean, the trip is maybe a bad example because it feels so silly to have anxiety about a trip. No, no, Um, no. There's nothing silly. It's all, it's all trauma. It's all, but, but it's like, Once I'm actually on the plane, I'm totally fine and I'm there and I'm fine, but it's usually just leading up to it. I feel like I'm not prepared or something's going to go wrong with the trip and that's going to be my fault because I planned it or I'm anticipating the end of the trip before it's even started. And, you know, I'm anticipating getting back to work before I've even gone on the trip. You know, it's all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. School can be challenging. I'm sure many of us needed to give some subjects more attention than others. Did you ever have to stay after school for tutoring? Sometimes staying at school or in one place longer can really only hurt your focus. I know when I was a kid, I was itching to get to the comfort of my home after a long day. So thankful that kids now have the option to use out-school online help anywhere, anytime. OutSchool offers live online private classes for kids of all grade levels and abilities. They have the widest variety of teachers and subjects to help any kid. OutSchool's vetted teachers give your child the one-on-one attention they deserve, helping them learn and build confidence in the best way that works for them. There's tutoring for every subject, from reading and writing to math and Spanish. With OutSchool, your kid can get the help they need anytime, anywhere, in any subject. OutSchool makes it easy, affordable, and convenient to find a private tutor for your child. Right now, for a limited time, you'll save $15 on your child's first tutoring session when you go to outschool.com slash withwit and use code withwit. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L.com slash withwit, code withwit to save $15 on your child's first private tutoring session. outschool.com slash withwit, code withwit. Okay, back to the chat. So in lieu of doing the
0: whole process right here, I would recommend this. So, and not just to you, but just to the listener. Yeah. We all have these experiences, like you have a lot of self-awareness, so you're really clear, okay, Mm -hmm. this thing happened with my mom, that causes this experience, and that's Mm -hmm. excellent. Not a lot of people have that much level of, that that level of Mm self-awareness. But nonetheless, the biggest shift can be Not Instead of thinking, oh, I'm anxious, noticing a part of me is anxious when this happens or a part of me is sad or part of me is scared or part of Mm -hmm. me and recognizing that we have all these different parts of ourselves. And instead of trying to push that anxiety part away or shame it or blame it, Mm -hmm. what if you befriended it? What if we could befriend those parts of us that are extreme? And Interesting. The way to do that is to get to note it, to get to notice the part, like no, notice where it is in your body, notice how it feels, get to know it. Like, what do I know about it? Okay, it's young, it's a female part. You know, just starting to like get curious about it. Yeah. And then checking in, like, what does that part of me need? And often, when you ask these parts of yourself, they're younger parts, right? They're they've been protecting you for a long time. Right. When you ask them what they need, they're like, I need to relax, you know, or I, w- I need to go for a swim, or I want to go play. And, mm-hmm. and this is a process that's laid out inside of happy days. But even just as simply to begin with, when you're in an activated state, mm-hmm. instead of getting so in the loop of the activation, if you have enough awareness, do this three-step process. Notice what you notice in your body. Mm -hmm. okay my anxiety is there that's a part of me and just notice where it is in your body get very curious about it Mm -hmm. what do I know about it you know what is this information I have about it so you're 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 finding about a little bit more you're fleshing it out Mm -hmm. and then very gently what do you need part. what do you need and it'll say I need to breathe or I need to listen to that meditation or I need to go for a walk and what this process does is it starts to help you befriend the part of you rather than that part of you.
1: Yeah. No, that's so, so incredibly helpful because I think that that sometimes I'll generalize these feelings and be like, oh, I'm just an anxious person. And I think that that naming, and like you said, then inherent shaming is what then like really actually starts affecting our confidence.
0: And there's no bad parts of us, Whitney. So like we, this is a really important Thing to share, and this is all based on IFS therapy, but mm-hmm. there's no bad parts. So the anxious part of you has been in an extreme role because that part just still needs a little bit of support, right? We're going right. to, you know, maybe that maybe Happy Days opens that up, maybe a therapy session opens that up, mm-hmm. but it's also been a very valuable part of your system. Because yes. my guess is that anxiety keeps you super organized and that anxiety yep. helps you plan really good trips and <laughs> anxiety keeps your kid on track. And, you know, it's yeah. like that, th- there's a role. So right. it's not about getting rid of the anxiety, it's just helping it be less extreme. Right. So that it can be used for good, but not, for, right. you know, not taking you
1: down. Uh huh. So I feel like people can get, can feel stuck in these like patterns of anxiety and that make them, unhappy, you know, like there's patterns that we do that we like what I just did. Like I, I then call myself an anxious person and I don't kind of get curious and dig in and try to like befriend it. Like, what are some other things that we can do to, tap into what really makes us happiest. You know, I think it's funny because
0: I've written nine books and the eight books before this one were really about tapping into the source of creative, creative energy, the inspiration, Uh the happiness, Uh you know, really getting, getting activated into that, that super attractor power, which is the title of one of my books, you know, and Uh the universe has your back and really connecting to that connection of inspiration. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome. And that's been very valuable to many readers throughout the world and to myself. Mm-hmm. This book, on the other hand, is called Happy Days for a Reason, which I'll share. But before I do that, the this book is the the answer is is much deeper. It's saying instead of just overriding the difficult stuff and just tapping into happiness or inspiration, and not that the other books were in any way overriding anything, but Mm-hmm. It were definitely less, less heavy lifting, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This book is saying, if you're brave enough to wonder what lives beneath your suffering, let's go there. I'll take you by the hand and I'll mm-hmm. give you the guided path out. And when you follow me on this path, it's not gonna be fun all the way and it's gonna be scary, but it actually promises miracles and total freedom on the other side. Mm-hmm. And so we can absolutely change our lives with, Manifesting principles and spiritual faith and and affirmations and a hundred percent that's life changing, mm-hmm. but the transformational quantum shift happens when we're brave enough to face into the places that scare us and
1: mm-hmm.
0: survive and come out the other side. Mm-hmm.
1: So, do you mean like really tapping into? those things that make us feel the most uncomfortable and getting curious about them, like not pushing them down. Is that what kind of what you mean?
0: Yeah. So throughout the book, I really give you, I mean, the subtitle is so uh, so appropriate. It tells you a exa- mm-hmm. guided path. It's like a right. book that I wish I had when I remembered my trauma.
1: Right, and right. And
0: so it's the path. It's me taking you by the hand and saying, okay, I I started off with this and then I went into somatic experiencing therapy and then I went into EMDR and then I went into... Uh-huh. Internal family systems therapy. And then I use these spiritual practices. And then I use these body-based practices. And Uh it lays out the journey in a very gentle, mindful way to give the reader the opportunity to do the deeper work. And that deeper work, I believe, is what's required for us to have that deeper freedom. Yes,
1: 100%. I think it's, people are looking for, like, you know, a lot of quip, quick tips and like I said, actionable items. But I think that there's, you have to be willing to go deeper in order to find like real change. And I think more people are ready for that now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cause I, I think that people are realizing that caring for ourselves is like the most important thing. It's becoming just more of, of a norm to like put that first before your work, before even sometimes your family, you know, do you agree with that or? Yeah, I do. Because I love the like, you put your oxygen mask on first. You know, it's like,
0: yeah, if I'm not straight with myself and how can mm-hmm. I be a steady force for my team or for my husband or for my son mm-hmm. or anyone in my world? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really believe that people are becoming more and more comfortable with the language and the commitment that it's going to take to, to yeah. keep deeper wounds.
1: Yeah. And that, that kind of makes me think about like creating healthy boundaries and taking care of yourself. And especially when, when you're a mom and a wife or a father and have a partner, whatever it is, we try to set these boundaries and we're told to set these boundaries, like schedule in your self care, all these things that we should be doing, but it's, it's kind of hard to do this stuff, to take care of ourselves without some sort of guilt that one thing or one person is is then not being taken care of because of it. How do you deal with that?
0: Yeah, you know, I think one of the things I pride myself in most is my my commitment to myself,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> my commitment
0: to my health, my well-being, my energy. because mm-hmm. I know, and so it's it, I really hope to teach people, you have to be unapologetic about your well-being, right? Because if we want to show up for your family, in your highest capacity. If you want to show up for your employees or your employer at your highest capacity, if you want to just show up in the world at your highest capacity, you got to take care of yourself. Now, there's people out there that are like, I work three jobs and I've got five kids and I, you know, like, how can I take care of myself? Well, yeah. you know, listen, like I'll say, for those of us who may have the privilege of being able to meditate in the morning, we better fucking do it, you know? Right. There's plenty right. of other that just don't have that. And if you don't have that, then it's about doing. Again, still staying in the commitment and the devotion of your breath, in the commitment mm-hmm. of that, you know, silence on the subway or that commitment mm-hmm. of getting to bed earlier or mm-hmm. the devotion to eating well, whatever it is that we can, the small adjustments that we can make to, to serve our well being.
1: Let's take a quick break for ads. Okay. I am the reigning queen of snacks and super proud of it. Are you looking for a nutritious and delicious snack? Well, look no further than Perfect Bar. Perfect Bar is exactly what you and your family need with its lineup of fresh from the fridge protein bars made with freshly ground peanut butter, organic honey, and 20 organic superfoods. Perfect Bar has protein bars and little snack size bars that taste amazing and are good for you. I have a peanut butter flavor sitting in my fridge right now. I went to the grocery store the other day and picked it up when I was famished in the car. I didn't end up eating it in the car. <laughs> um, I don't know why honestly can't remember, but I have it in my fridge ready for that moment when I'm feeling like hangry. It's packed with up to six grams of whole foods protein and 150 calories. A little really goes a long way. If you aren't convinced they're also all non GMO project verified. Bye. <laughs> gluten-free, soy-free, kosher, and low GI. Perfect Bar knows it will be love at first bite. So for a limited time, they're offering you a chance to try their refrigerated protein bars for free. Here's how it works. Sign up for email or text and upload a picture of your receipt from your local grocery store. And they'll reimburse you for the cost of one bar directly into your Venmo or PayPal account. Pretty great, right? All you have to do is go to perfectsnacks.com slash, wit to get a free perfect bar today. That's perfectsnacks.com slash wit to get a free perfect bar today. And we can be bar twins. Okay. Happy snacking. I know you talk a little bit about attachment styles too, and I'm curious to know what those are and kind of what role they play in our lives.
0: First of all, I'll t- I'll teach you the attachment styles. And then I want. I definitely want you to go take my quiz. I've got a free okay. quiz
1: on how to. Okay, and,
0: and within seconds, you'll have your attachment style. Um, <laughs> but a few minutes, actually a free two-minute quiz. And that's, okay, um, awesome. your listeners can go, it's deargabby.com slash attachment. And the attachment styles that I reference are related to relationships and how we show up in particularly romantic relationships, but in our relationships. So there's three mm-hmm. styles, there's three different attachment styles. There's the secure attachment style, which is the person who grew up in a healthy, secure home where they felt like they're they were being seen, their needs were met, they were soothed. It was a good, safe space. That mm-hmm. person's very confident in relationships and pretty mellow. And okay. there's the anxious attachment style, and this is someone who grew up in a home where there was a lot of uncertainty, anxious parental figure. Mm-hmm. There was a sense of like never knowing what you're going to get, right? And yeah. that anxiously attached person is kind of like a stage four clinger. You know, like they're clinging in the relationships. They're like I'm incomplete without that person. Or that's
1: me. I can already tell. I mean, I'm going to take the quiz after. But yeah, I can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: you know who you are. <laughs> yeah. I'm a formerly <laughs> an anxious attached.
1: Uh uh-huh. Well, it's powerful to know that you can change your. You can style. change. Yeah, you
0: can change. Mm-hmm. And so that's that. That's the anxiously attached. Mm-hmm. And then there's the avoidant attachment style, which is the person who really had none of their needs met. They were mm-hmm. not seen, they were not secure in their family relationship. They, they they learned the belief system that if I don't do it, nobody else will, That that I got to take care of myself. And so mm-hmm. this person in efforts to never have to feel that they have been rejected, will just say, I'm solo, I got this, they really pride themselves on on their ability to to take care of themselves, mm-hmm. and they are the ones that if something gets too close in a relationship, they run for the hills. Mm-hmm. That makes sense,
1: yeah. And then I feel like in, when when you do this quiz and or when, when you figure out what kind of attachment style you have, then that can bring like a little bit of clarity for you and it can help you tap into. And be curious, like you were talking about before, what how that has affected you, and then forces you to be present in in how that shows up in your life now. Right? That's exactly right. It's uh-huh. it's
0: so heart opening to have more awareness about who you are, why you are the way you are. Right. And what that does. The more awareness we have, the more compassion we have for ourselves. Right. And then, and so, what I do at the end of it is I break down. I give you the full breakdown of your attachment style. And you know to help you understand more of how you're showing up in relationships and what's happening for you.
1: Kind of general question, but maybe you have something off the top of your head. What is the best self-help advice that you've ever received?
0: The best self-help advice I've ever received was early in my sobriety, I had this friend who he was like 10 years older than me and he was like really successful in his life and he had a lot of sobriety behind him and he, he had like a very full life. Mm-hmm. And I, I said to him, how'd you get there? You know, what happened? And he said to me, lots of little right actions.
1: Mm.
0: And that has stuck with me for my whole life that we don't have to be there overnight. We just have mm-hmm. to take small right actions towards our desired state or desired mm-hmm. goal
1: or whatever it might be. And it's those small right actions, when you add them up, they become the dream yeah, uh, that's so interesting. i have rec- I recorded with someone named b j. Fogg, like early on in my podcast, and he has a book called Tiny Habits. Yeah. And it's all about like the tiniest things that you can do throughout the day mm-hmm. to to create this this like warmth in yourself, you know? It's really, really cool it's exactly right. It's exactly right. It's like taking those those small actions towards
0: a bigger desire takes off the pressure.
1: Mm-hmm. gives you the space and the freedom to, to mm-hmm. just celebrate the small wins. So true. It's like one of the things that he said to do, which I try to do when I can remember is when you wake up in the morning, you like put your feet on the floor and you say like, today's going to be a good day. Like, even if you don't know if it's going to be or not, cause you really don't know. But yeah. like, if you just like set that intention and put that out there, it can like shift, shift something in your brain a little bit, you know? That's right. And then, what do you feel like is the best advice that you've given?
0: Oh, it's recent advice I'm giving the world. (laughs) (laughs) No outside credential is going to give you the sense of safety that you want inside. And so, the work has to start inward. Mm -hmm. Just you got to, you got to, you have the bravery and the willingness to do the inner work.
1: Tell us about your podcast. You were just recording for that before this. Dear Gabby, what can listeners expect from that?
0: Dear Gabby is so fun. It's mainly me dear Gabbying people. So it's mainly me doing Q&A style interviews. No, not interviews. It's people that randomly come on through Zoom and I just give them advice.
1: Oh my God, I love that.
0: (laughs) It's really fun. It's really fun. And I usually just like riff on a topic as we open the show and I just make, you know, see what comes through that day. And that feeds into the Q&A. That's the majority of it. And then there's also some big talks, which are, interviews with other folks in different fields and just different spaces in the world and it's called a big talk because there's no small talk it's just big talk yeah they just go right in for it and then they do some bonus episodes which are 20 30 minute clips from my live talks over the years
1: oh so cool
0: yeah yeah you think the feeling of being in the live audience which is really
1: amazing special. okay last question what do you do to really take care of you that like makes you whole i have quite a few non-negotiables so mm-hmm.
0: One of those non-negotiables is sleep hygiene. Mm -hmm. I'm still working out at the moment with my toddler who
1: keeps. Yeah, it's kind of hard to have like a like good sleep hygiene when you have a kid that you can't control. Yeah. Well, I I I do I did so much sleep training and he was such a good sleeper and now he just wants to be in the bed because he's having night terrors. So I'm. Oh, how old is he? He's almost four. So yeah, that's the age we took Sonny out of his. Crib at three. That's the moment, yeah. Oh, that's it, right? And all yep. of a sudden, there's this this like freedom that scares them, right. and right. they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, we're yep. dealing with the same thing. He comes into our room every single night. Yep, yep, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to talk on offline
0: about that. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. So sleep hygiene, sleep and then which you know, putting the device in the other room, and mm-hmm. just really winding down, powering down everything, and mm-hmm. um, getting to bed by usually before ten o'clock. Yeah. Then I do saunas and I really believe in just detoxification. So Mm -hmm. I do a lot of that meditation in the sauna. I have a meditative practice every single day, most of the time, two times a day with transcendental meditation. Yeah, pretty much two times a day. There's some days where I might have one that's missed and that I can notice that. And I just am an eternal optimist. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's another part of my self-care is that I seek solutions and I don't seek problems. And I think that has done a lot for my longevity mm-hmm. <laughs> and my well being and my mindset. Definitely. I also just just really care for my body. I take lots of supplements and I don't eat anything crap. I, I pretty much just don't eat don't eat gluten, don't eat sugar, don't eat haven't had a drink in 17 years, don't eat don't really eat that much dairy. Like just right. clean, 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 clean. Right.
1: And feel good as a result of it. Yeah, totally. I mean, nutrition and sleep, they're they're such like the simple, you know, the 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 go to's, but they're so important talking about sobriety. Like, do you think that you will be sober forever? Is that like is that a thing that you've committed to or you know, how do you deal with your sobriety and like the future? Well, in
0: that's a beautiful question. In sober mm-hmm. recovery, it's one day at a time. And- okay. You count days and you count years, and right. So I'm sober today. I have a commitment to be sober for a lifetime, mm-hmm. but I I have to take it one day at a time because if you put that on yourself, like I'm going to be sober for the rest of my life, yes, that's my intention, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if for someone who's struggling in their recovery, the idea of like what what happens at my wedding or what's going to happen when I'm toasting for my son's birth or whatever you know whatever this yeah are. yeah and. You got to just be in the moment and be present. And even seventeen years in, you got to still be present. You know, in two weeks or so, I'll be—I'll have my my sober date, but I'm—I'm, I'm, you know, can't celebrate that until it's then.
1: Right. Yeah, that's so powerful. Again, just because I mean, and that should go with anything. It's like we try not to get so far into the future because then that feels like intimidating, and then yes, that can yes. right that can like feel like too much of responsibility. But if you just take it all day by day, then it's like more manageable. That's right. Gabby, honestly, thank you so much. And let me know when you're in LA and we'll get together. You're so lovely. I can't oh wait God. to meet you in person. You're thank so you. Lovely. You're yeah. so sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was
0: so nice to do this.
1: All right. Have a good, good day. Good luck with the baby in the bed. Thanks. <laughs> oh my God. You too. We can chat about that too. Oh Lord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye babe.